Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi and welcome to Marvel Movie News. This week we're talking about will Loki come back? Is it his last time? Has Gambit been delayed? And do we have a ton of X-Men news? The answer to all those might be yes. Be on to watch and find out here on Marvel Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Hey everybody and welcome to Marvel Movie News. It is our very special 75th or 76th episode, depending on who you ask. The number or the Matt key. Either way, we have a lot to talk about today and we're going to start by introducing Miss Jaden LaBelle. Hi guys, it's Jaden. So Jaden's with us today. Uh, we have no Meredith and no Matt, so I will be spearheading this whole magical journey. Oh no. I know, it's a whole thing. Now Matt has a whole spiel about forward slash following all sorts of things, so just go to Twitter and follow us on Marvel Movie News PTN and like us, and if you retweet us talking about the live chat, the voice of doom. There he is. We'll Doom has unmuted himself. <laughs> Doom will tweet you back and uh, also talk to us on Facebook and any other social media madness you want to talk about. So, how are we doing today? We're doing good. Um, I, I like mean, how news angry this just became. I know. It's like, we're doing great and we're going to go to our uh, eye in the sky. We've got Matt Key in St. Louis. He's, uh, he's out there. So, uh, well, there's not we a lot of news this week. We don't, we, don't, we don't have him. That was a bold-faced lie. Uh, so there's not a lot of news this week, so we're going to try something new and exciting. At the end of the show, this was our social media manager, Colt Badeau's idea, we're actually going to be taking calls, like Howard Stern style. We're, I am so excited I'm so about excited. this. I so, hope you guys have some great questions. It's so dramatic. So uh, in lieu of the opening spiel, we're going to be taking calls at the end to mix it up this week. And I am so excited to actually directly hear from my favorite part of the show, the fans. Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Yes. That's exactly what we're doing. Accurate. But first, before we get to all that, we have uh, we have a fair amount of news. So let's, uh, nothing big, but news nonetheless. First up, rumor has it that Don Cheadle is encouraging the rumor that has him dying. He said, quote, I'm on Twitter, so I've gotten a few people going, Rody better not be dead, son. I'm gonna be so mad, or I'm done with this thing if Rody's dead. But that's cool. I like that people get so upset about it. He adds, I like that in a Marvel movie, people are able to evoke such emotion, and that, yes, it does look bad for Rody. So, we've talked about in the past how they are kind of doing a bait and switch with uh, War Machine in the trailers showing that he dies or at least gets badly injured. But now with Don Cheadle himself kind of pushing that forward, I'm curious if this is like laying into that bait and switch further or if it's actually just like he, he dies and they've given that away. What do you think? That's that's how I sort of feel about it is sort of like... um about it. He adds... <laughs> he, he uh, I mean, he's got a fear getting in trouble with you know, with contracts and stuff. Like, you can't say so much. So, I mean, I, it could be a classic case of misdirection. But I it's, think. like, such a big one. Like, he didn't have to say anything, and now he's just laying into it more. Like, are we actually getting that in the trailer? My my favorite. I, I don't know. I mean, if it's in the trailer, there's a good chance that it's, you know, it 
I, I think it's just him getting hurt and he's just like, yeah, exactly. Because ah, he wants the love. And I get that. That's awesome. Totally. But I like I like that he just goes, I like that people get emotional about these movies. Yeah, it's really like, cool. Like, Marvel it's so funny that, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're such a large, like, uh, part of society now, like the comic culture, that, like, it's influencing all pop culture. And people are, like, emotionally invested in War Machine. That's amazing. <laughs> 2016 yeah, is no, awesome. Totally. Uh, and speaking of Civil War, in two weeks, CinemaCon, on April 13th, people get to see Cap Civil War. So, I'm jealous. But that also means we're also going to get the beginning of potentially spoilers, uh, reviews, leaks. So, beginning in two weeks, be careful, stay vigilant, avoid the internet if you're someone that got mad at me for the toy being leaked and me accidentally revealing a character that we knew was in the movie. power comes great responsibility. I had that power. <laughs> and I and I yielded it poorly, so I'm sorry, society. Uh, so April 13th, the first people get to see it. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm actually now I'm worried about it. Before I was like, <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna, I didn't care about it. I mean, uh, you were there when I saw the first Captain America. I was like, all right, I'm gonna check out this movie. Yeah. And I'm actually really excited for Civil War now. Well, and yeah, still, we, we did a watch along last week. I still haven't seen week. Winter Soldier. We're we're still doing that. Yep. And. But now I'm just like, I'm, this movie's going to be like already, like I was worried, you know, I was like, okay, all these movies are out and I'm like doing this like catching up game. And now I'm like, is it going to, like, the, finally I'm excited about it. You get to like, see him in rapid like, succession. I'm, invo- I'm involved. I'm yeah. involved. I wasn't involved in this kid's life and now I'm involved. Boom. And now. It's the end of a trilogy, a magical trilogy. And it could trilogy. be ruined for me like that. Yeah. I think uh, you're moments away. So see it before April 13th. We're going to do the watch along before April 13th, mm-hmm. I think. That'll be our goal. Or around then. Uh, so that's it for avengers news because it's coming out so soon we can't really dive into cap 3 that much more but on the marvel side we also have a comment from tom hiddleston himself who was saying that quote thor 3 will be cool because i've not done it in four years i love working with chris hemsworth this will be my last time out of the gate quote so that's an interesting concept that we don't know if loki is done here he doesn't know if he's done here because they as he says they kind of make it up as they go along but what if Ragnarok doesn't spell the end of Thor, it spells the end of Loki? Have you watched the, the Thor films? I have. I have. I'm not. Those are, those are, those ones are sort of like a B-side for me. Mm-hmm. Um, ever, I remember, you know, being kind of a, a girl at conventions and stuff. Everyone, I remember I was interviewed for Smosh Games about like, who is like the hottest character? Yeah. And Loki was in there and everyone expected like a solid like nine or ten and I was like, no, like four for See, sure. I love Loki okay. in the movies. Like, I think great, he's the best villain actor, in the good film. Good villain. He's fun. I like the. Um, I like his thoughts on like what he'd do if he mm-hmm. was like uh, where where Loki would be. In, yeah, he also was talking Ro- about which yeah. side he'd on. He'd be like, I'd be sitting on a roof somewhere, just like, like yes, watching both. Yeah, yeah I love that. which is but so that's cool. what I mean. Like Tom Hiddleston knows the character to such a level that when he talks about it, he, he feels is the character. Yeah. he really he's really made that like that character isn't going anywhere without him. And so I, I feel mean, like that he is the best villain in maybe not the Netflix universe if we're encompassing that, but just in the films, he's not like a gray amorphous blob. Like I feel like a lot of Marvel's big issue is their villains are similar. Whereas Loki mm-hmm. feels actually like madness. That's true. That's that's a fair comparison because yeah, like uh, good movie villains are sort of sometimes they're you know we like to pull from things that we like all the time. But that can I feel get, like villains are more important than get, the heroes you know, in some played, cases. Yeah, that could be well, it could get played out. The right. villains in the, that universe. So, so I feel you, like you want the villains. Maybe Doom is one. <laughs> uh, you want them to be dynamic. You want them to be interesting because otherwise you have a flat story. Uh, right. You have no stakes for your heroes to have to fight against. Yeah, it just uh, the the odds just don't seem great enough at that point where it's like, oh, your motive is 
also money and power. Right, and I feel yeah. like one of the criticisms that Marvel gets that is actually warranted is their villains are similar or the stakes aren't high enough, so I really hope we don't lose Loki. And and Tom Hiddleston himself said he doesn't know, but that comment, the initial comment seems worrisome, so I hope we keep Tom Hiddleston. Also another classic case of misdirection. That's true, and he is the god of mischief, so if there anyone is go, going guys. to misdirect, it's Tom Hiddleston. Yes. I would be shocked if we got through, even if he dies in Ragnarok, I would be shocked if we got through Infinity Wars parts one and two without seeing Hiddleston at the very least yeah i agree with that even just the ghost of him <laughs> the ghost of tom hiddleston it just seems like they do a really good job of like playing with our emotions oh they do it seems absolutely. like today is a very emotional day it's a big thing like, yes so all marthas far, everything uh and then we have james gunn commenting i have a, i have a tricky thing at the internet i'm very excited about where we go as as uh these these films develop but at the same time like Guardians 2 hasn't dropped yet, and people are already asking James Gunn if he's doing Guardians 3. I loved what he had to say about it, though. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Like, um, people were like, you know, he doesn't know if he's gonna do Guardians 3, but he's like, I, you know, I'd rather just focus on making this movie the best it can be. Amazing. Like, he said, if you guys haven't read the quote, the quote is, right now, I really am just concerned with doing Guardians Volume 2. I'm not sure what I'm going to do after this. Marvel has talked to me about uh, continuing on. I'm not sure that's what I want to do, or if that's not what I want to do. I really just want to make Guardians Volume 2 the greatest possible movie that i can i agree like he shouldn't invest his efforts into five years from now like no one knows what they're doing in five years from their well, life. a lot of directors sort of uh when you make a like a big movie after big movie and then it just sort of becomes like a paycheck and you have like your next couple yeah. of movies just lined up ready for you and he's like you know i'm gonna focus on making this one the best i can even maybe even better than the first one right and he has the potential to and like... then you know because the the franchise is so important to people now that is literally my favorite movie. yeah guardians that one. is my f- i love guardians and i am so excited for guardians too and i it i now i'm just more excited about it, it Gar- just, guardians it totally, is tied with he Thunder totally Soldier makes me. guardians 2 just that much more just like beautiful like this like it's gonna be worth seeing and i'm excited about it and it's going to really add to the already the already built-in franchise that it's made for itself. I was I forgot how excited and how much I love Guardians until they released an image of just the back of a chair and it was just their logo and I was like a chair made me excited <laughs> and I, then I remembered like all of that powerful love Guardians just like this this palpable ugh, I'm so excited. We also have what, what is it, the rumored Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, no, I think he's confirmed. We is just he don't confirmed? Know what he is. Okay, I think yeah, he's confirmed we still don't know. No, they, they confirmed him and he's going to be playing one of the Ravagers. But we don't know who. We don't know who okay. exactly. But we know he's not a planet. We we had a pretty good theory going that it was going to be like Skylords. I'm still I'm still yeah, pulling for yeah. him or Al Pacino as Ego the Living Planet, and I hope that he's just pretending to be a Ravager. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. But moving on to Netflix, uh, we have a tiny little bit of news from John Bernthal. He was saying that quote. For me, it's not a question of what they want to do with the character. It's more. How are they going to do it? And who's going to be the ones to do it? This character's in my bones now. He's in my blood. If they want to go forward in my way, it's for me really just going to make sure we do it in a way that's raw and intense. I want to push the envelope. I want to alienate more of the audience and try to bring them back. I love John Bernthal. After how amazing season two was, and after his Punisher, for me, set the bar for uh marvel's heroes like to me it was like heath ledger's joker or downey jr's iron man or ryan reynolds's deadpool it was a character he was born to play and seeing that for 13 hours was an impressive feat and and hearing this quote talking about how it's in his bones and how much he wants it again i am all for a punisher show uh now that you're caught up what do you think uh 
well, I think he definitely needs a, his own spinoff. I think. Do you think he could make make it to the big screen though? Do you think? I think Punisher belongs on a on a Netflix show. Personally, I absolutely. I think that's a perfect platform for it. Do you think it could translate into a new movie? See, I uh, I used to have. I would this... love to see that transaction that the transition between t- TV show like Marvel mm-hmm. TV show to. Full-length film. I used to see it as like an upgrade. I used to see film as like the pinnacle, like you've reached a thing. But with these Netflix shows, I feel like Netflix is actually doing a better job with the long-form storytelling that you couldn't do in a movie. So I'd prefer to see a long-form Netflix show with Punisher and then have him maybe show up in Infinity War for a moment, but not have a full Punisher movie. I think he belongs in a long-form segment and then sprinkling in in maybe that's fair. And yes, he he definitely embodied. I liked seeing like when he was talking about his his family and his his past in in season two of Daredevil mm-hmm. and it showed his actual like working his acting muscles and yeah. like being diverse. And he was on um oh I think it was Conan or it was either Conan or Kimmel talking about how he it, one of the <laughs> really late really nights, similar looking it's, it's a whole you know uh, uh talking about how he had to kind of stay in character while he's playing the Punisher and he, he was like I feel all pretentious saying it but like he isolated himself and he kind of stayed alone and he kind of dwelled in this darkness and seeing John Bernthal all like happily and bubbly on a show and then seeing how he was Punisher it's amazing what he was able that to do that always freaks me out right? when you're like when you're like Ugh, go back to like what like go back to the go other thing yeah guy. it's but, like oh man you're like a that person too and, but seeing that level of commitment is why I think he needs a 13 hour show I think he needs that long to invest I think the character is rich enough to build enough. a good backstory yeah. so that's true and I I think we deserve that after how good Punisher was. So I hope it's Netflix. I'd prefer that to a movie. And I didn't feel that way until Daredevil season two. I do feel like they're separate, but not necessarily one of them. He was he was absolutely the best part of season two. Of he, I mean, he, he made he made the season so because season one was great. Mm hmm. And it was, but season two was phenomenal because I, of. Him. I felt like when he was cast, I knew visually he looked right. He was an actor I'd followed for years. He's he's a supporting actor that steals the show. I didn't was know. Was he your he, pick or? Did oh, hundred percent. When Tom Hardy said he wanted it, I was like, "There's no one else." Then Judd Murthal got it, and I was like, "That is perfect." So he, I knew he'd be great. I didn't know he'd redefine what I think of the Punisher as, and that made me happy. And that's so, what's really made you happy. About yeah, is that, like he he succeeded your expectations. He's so the quite. pinnacle of what that character could be to me. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Now, speaking of Netflix, uh, and this will make the voice of Doom happy, we had an amazing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Easter egg on the oh, most recent yeah, episode. Okay. Do, we have a, do we have a pick of that? We do. Uh, I rather enjoyed this little moment. Uh, it's pretty amazing how they were able to tie it in. And it's one of the first and most direct tie-ins, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, between the ABC universe and the Netflix universe. As far as I know, it's the first direct reference that they've had between the two on tell like on, uh, it's the first time they've acknowledged other than oh no that's true that's true there was one uh easter egg where uh chloe bennett's character daisy sky whatever you want to call her uh went to the same orphanage that matt murdoch right i remember that one but let, let's take a look at this real quick uh, so we literally have a screen grab from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which in the buzz line at the bottom mentions gang war rages in Hell's Kitchen, authority searching for a solution. That's awesome. Like, it, it's tying together so directly, so literally, so visually, so excited. Why is it we love these so much? They're so fun. It's like, oh. Because we're like kids like they reading did it. comics. Like they, yeah, it's like when the Flintstones met the Jetsons. Yeah, like when you're, just like, when you're flipping through minds. a comic and like there's one little panel like mentioning Daredevil in a Spider Man book. It's like, oh, that's right. And like, it connects the universe. This is happening like, in pop culture. This is happening on a TV show that's on ABC talking about Netflix. And that to me is the highest level of like we've done it as a comic culture. The <laughs> other thing that's really cool about this is it sets up a timeline for mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Netflix shows that we've never had 
in terms of the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. All we knew was after Avengers. Right. So it was after the incident. But now we know this is taking place right at where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is right now, which is maybe a month out from Civil War. And I love that we had the incident mentioned in Daredevil Season 2 and then this. So you're right. that This ties in even more directly because of those three things making a timeline pretty strong. So I just wanted to mention that. Give yeah. some love for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm pretty excited. And as always, since we rarely have the time and Matt's not here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., check out the AfterBuzz show which goes into it in yeah. more length than any of us have time to. This this week, well, I have all the time to do it. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Zach yeah. has the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, this week was nuts. We got the watchdogs like hunting down in humans and uh, uh, Quake going a little like nutso on some guys. Uh, it's gonna be fun. They're they're really building this civil war within Shield to lead up to the Civil War movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we had a uh, we had our own. One of our own team uh, members, uh, Steve Kaufman and Yelts Eagle, went to uh, WonderCon and talked to Jeff Loeb and the rest of the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about the show and specifically its tie-ins to the cin- the bigger cinematic universe. I'm excited for War. it, man. That's you pretty cool. You can check cool. those out on our, uh, on our sister channel, AfterBuzz TV. Boom. See that? We, we used a tie-in to tie-in. There you go, guys. It's magic. a crossover Look at that between magic. after shows and movie and then regular shows, shows. <laughs> so uh we also have very briefly some tiny 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 non-news this doesn't even count as news it's just so exciting that it had to be mentioned vincent d'onofrio did a watch along uh twitter tweet along during daredevil season two and mentioned that quote i would love to do a spider-man film hope i will someday that shouldn't be news but for me being a lifelong spider-man fan and a big kingpin fan and a big pl- fan of vincent d'onofrio as kingpin i just wanted to point out that the idea of d'onofrio fighting tom holland was awesome like <laughs> why, why are you so stoked on that because like picture picture the moment in uh season two where where you see him benching and you're like oh is it gonna be it is that guy just like squashing tom holland the 16 year old boy like just the the strength and gravitas of d'onofrio versus this fledgling superhero there's just so much there like him being so young leads to so many new stories we haven't really developed and kingpin being so broken and battered and beastly like there's just that's just exciting that tweet that that 140 characters made me just fanfic my brain out so I wanted to share that little moment. It's not really news, but I got excited. I feel like it's news. It's news if you think it's news. It's new. Uh, yeah, I, I said it on a new show. It is now news. Also, check out the rest of his tweets. He had a lot of really cool things to say about playing the character, where the ideas came from, the process of Daredevil Season 2. And if you like filmmaking or, or the entertainment industry at all, it's always really interesting to have an actor that prolific talking about a comic show with such uh, love. So check it out. Uh, now, moving on to Fox. Most of our news today is Fox-based. Uh, we have rumors that we'll get to at the end because that's our biggest talking point but first of all because i'm hosting the show without deadpool i really couldn't like i wouldn't sleep at night tonight knowing i didn't mention deadpool Deadpool. my boy deadpool has beaten the matrix Uh, it's beaten every other r-rated movie except for passion of the christ deadpool is now officially the number two highest r-rated movie next to jesus deadpool's catching up to (laughs) jesus christ you guys wade wilson v jc is moving along nicely it's a rumored crossover they're gonna do i'd watch the the heck out of that movie i'd watch easter (laughs) 2 deadpool rises (laughs) i would just enjoy that so much so i just wanted to give deadpool some love saying that he's catching up to jesus and nothing makes me happier than that battle royale 
And thank you, America and the world, for making that happen. Uh, moving on to actual news that isn't just me being excited. Uh, New Mutants and Kinberg in general are saying that they might feature X-Men we know. So, they said, quote, Traditionally, the New Mutants have some characters that cross over from the mainland X-Men movies. As we are going, I would say it's likely that you will see some familiar faces. There's a very deep bench. There's a long, long list of names. And I'll tell you some of the names on that list don't even, that I don't even know. That's how deep it goes. What do you think about the idea of introducing characters that we've maybe seen in other timelines before in this New Mutants universe? Sure, go for it. <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's so many, right? right. There's like, so, like, yeah, like there's a lot that didn't get, that don't have storylines or like anything. You could even build whatever you wanted to. They're so flexible. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you use that? Well, with, uh, with Deadpool, again, they managed to bring in a character that was in like a comic, Negasonic Teenage Warrior. Yeah, and yeah, And then absolutely. Colossus. Who I love. So, <laughs> a, yeah, like a character yeah. that's not known and very well known and make it work in a universe they created. So, New Mutants doing that just makes a lot of sense to me, but yeah, I, for some reason... Yeah, you could absolutely, it's, it makes it flexible. You could have different timelines and they could they could appear in other places and that's that's cool. You could, and then kind of feel out, like the audience can sort of feel out like, oh, we loved both those mutants and Deadpool. So, yeah. like, those people could have, they could be reoccurring characters and they could make an appearance in the X-Men films now. Like, it's... There's just such I, a universe they, they could build yes, like, yes. And, and their fox is actually realizing what kind of scope they have I feel like like I feel like with uh, Age of Apocalypse becoming the giant behemoth it is it looks like they're actually spreading out their comics so to speak and like leaning back like we could do all of this yeah and that's really exciting yeah uh, so it's cool to have a comment directly stating that they're doing what we've all dreamed of and just like picking maybe our favorite X-Men like I never thought I'd see Chamber in a movie but now it sounds like maybe I will like stuff like these characters mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see realized I'm really excited is there anyone you want specifically? I'm trying to look at the list of anyone particularly. I mean, I feel like they touched down on like the classic ones that I'm I'm a huge fan of. I'm not terribly familiar with some of these on their list. <laughs> I'm like, where are you guys from? Like, well, that's, that's they're saying they're saying. Yeah, I'm like, where saying have you been? Kinberg's like, I don't even know some of these people. That's really exciting to me. Who's well, in the chat? We... They're talking about what about uh, Negasonic? Yeah, that's what I, I like... think. That's what they're hinting at personally. I think that's how they're going to tie it in is bring her into the broader universe than Deadpool. And that's a great way to tie in Deadpool without having to have Ryan Reynolds around yeah. all the time, which yeah. I want, but you can't always afford. Uh, <laughs> well, live chat and Twitter, I would love for you guys to send us the people you would like to see in a new Mutants movie because I'm always interested in your thoughts versus ours. Moving on to X-Men proper, Jennifer Lawrence has come out and said very publicly that she's dying to come back. That quote, I love these movies. I love being in them. I love ensemble movies because it's not on anyone's shoulders. Now, this is not like her haircut, why it was only interesting to tabloids. This is interesting to me because she always seemed like the one that was trying to get out of these films, and she publicly didn't like being Mystique, being blue. She didn't seem to be one that wanted to be involved with this level of blockbuster because she turned into this Oscar indie actress. And I am curious if her changing her mind will shape or change the shape of the X-Men movies moving forward. Because she's is... always been the one that's been like the leader of the X-Men for some reason because she's such a great actress. I'm curious if they keep her for the sake of her fans and the Hunger Game people or why she's totally changed her mind. Like, this is a total 180. I, I feel this is funny because we differ so much on this. On we, this. That's, we, why, we that's why it's very, a news highlight because we we're in a very different... so much on Jennifer Lawrence and why she's in these movies and why we why we think she's in these films. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like with what happened with the first couple of X-Men films, she's, you know, she, like one foot, one foot in, one foot out the door, sort of like protecting yourself. Like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to like, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to go. And then, I mean, Apocalypse looks amazing. Right. I'm more, I was more, I was more excited about Apocalypse than Civil War. And Wait until you see Winter Soldier. You 
might change your mind. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair. Just saying. But, uh, you know, I think, like, her role in just from what you can see in the um, trailer mm-hmm. for Apocalypse is it's it's like such a she is like the leader in this one. And maybe maybe there's stuff in it that we don't know yet. But why would she? And maybe maybe, you know, we don't know what happens in the movie yet, but there's like rumors that maybe she, you know, she might not make it through this film. I hope it's a very, very funny pun. Not even a pun, but a play on. She's saying, I'm dying to come back if she dies. Oh, that's and like, so funny. How do you not love her for that? I know that's exactly something <laughs> she'd do. Like Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> would be Jennifer like, Lawrence you know what I mean? Like, her, yeah. So I would be really happy if she's like, I'm dying to come oh, back, dies in the you film. Jennifer Lawrence to this yeah, so hard. I'd be really happy. I like Jennifer Lawrence, the actress. I like Jennifer Lawrence, the public persona. I don't know if I like Mystique leading the X-Men, so I'm really torn. Like, it's nothing against J-Law. It's nothing against, yeah. like, her entire nest. I think she's great. I just don't like the comics being so morphed for the shape of actors. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, I'd take morph in a movie. Uh, I, I just want the comics to be reflected a little more directly and not based off actors being cast as characters. You know what I mean? That's true. I think I think that's a healthy medium, though, in between trying to stay true to the comics and appeal to an audience that maybe wouldn't normally. Right. No, that's why it. they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. I just think that Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is amazing and he's great, but him being the focal point of x-men one two and three you can you can make the comic fans happy and the other fans happy without sacrificing the story so i'm curious moving forward if they'll keep sacrificing the story for the sake of the actors or if they'll start as i've said many times it's becoming more and more of an x-men movie if they'll start shaping it that way okay that's 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 fair i guess it's a very it's a very political answer but i think i know that's very like all right that's safe it's safe everyone's happy i want her to be involved i just don't want her to be the leader i'm so excited i think she'd make a great leader and i think mystique even in like the animated show is what i'm most familiar with she was sort of a leader of the other side but she was she was like a she was like a she's like head honcho and uncanny x-men right now but it's a it's a team of villains so it kind of works but like she shouldn't be like telling the core X. I think that's what's going to make it more tragic. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. So I, I think the the basically the to the only way to read her comments. There's two things. She's either just being political because she has to start promoting the movie, mm-hmm. and if she publicly says I'm not going to do any more, that's a negative on the on the yeah, pe- that's on not people good. buying tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, or she saw a cut and liked it, and suddenly is like, ooh. Maybe I don't want to go. Right. I mean, it's just I'd rather have uh, if you want like a strong female leader, which comic films need. Jean Grey is ignored constantly. Like in in, I I feel like bringing her to the forefront would be a way to incorporate a strong female character and be more true to the comics. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I I just think that's more of a direct way to please everyone than having someone that just happens to be a fantastic actress because of ticket sales lead the X-Men. So just my two cents. Moving on before anyone gets angry. We do have some more X Men news. Well, tangential X Men news. Poor, poor Gambit. Guys, I have been defending this film and pushing (laughs) for this film and hoping for this film for for two years. I've really been like, yeah, Channing Tatum's gonna be a great Gambit. Yeah, this director's perfect, and then the director drops out. Yeah, this new director's great too. I am so excited for Gambit, but it keeps not existing. Gambit was just delayed again. It looks like it won't even start shooting until the original release date, roughly. Uh, It's not even going to start shooting until late this year, at the earliest. And it's being pushed so much that they might have to recast all the supporting characters. So, that is not good news, ever. You never want a film to be pushed so much that you, like, lose your cast. Channing Tatum's still attached, but... What is the curse (sighs) that is Gambit, though? Because Gambit, like, okay, so Gambit was in 
the X-Men films already, and no one cared Taylor Kitsch all. was in the Wolverine film, and that okay. was the problem, was that movie shouldn't exist. <laughs> and that, moving forward, didn't exist. No one cared at all when it Days happened. Days of Future Past was made to negate X-Men Origins Wolverine and yeah. X-Men 3. So therefore, we got a new Gambit, Channing Tatum, who I think's great. He doesn't look necessarily like Gambit, but he loves the character enough that that doesn't matter to me. Uh, like, he's not skinny and, like, lanky. I don't know. I think it's definitely a vanity role and not, like, He a... loves the character. He's been, he's been publicly, like pushing for it he's the one that got it made he's the one that keeps it alive i don't think it's vanity he is he is it, magic mike's vanity it's a movie about his life story where he gets to show gambit, his abs yeah great you know what i feel like gambit would probably do better as a netflix series see i don't know if gambit has I, no offense to giant gambit fans i don't know if gambit has 13 hours worth of material but i do guarantee you has two two and a half hours of great material you know what I mean? Like, I think he is movie-based. I think you have an amazing caper story. You've got New Orleans. You've got the Charmagamut. You've got the cart. You've got so much that would make a great movie. I don't know why. Just I don't know. Not- at the rate that it's going with this, it's sort of like cut your losses and let's, <sighs> let's recast. Let's get, like, you know, maybe some. I just... I just want it some. It's personal. I want Channing Tatum's Gambit, and I'm in the minority of comic fans. Like, no, I'm... Because <laughs> I think he has the ability and the compassion to make it work. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I keep hearing rumors it's totally done, and these delays don't make those rumors I just hope that the... That, you know, I'd rather them do these delays and sort of think about it and, like, you know, get a new director, kind of put on... Put I'd rather on a new be supporting, good. Yeah. Absolutely. Then, like, you know, what happens with but some of these director, where they just rush it. Well, Edge of Tomorrow is one of my favorite sci-fi films in the last 10 years. It's mm-hmm. that director. He now apparently is directing another movie before he even touches Gambit. Not a good sign. Like, it's literally delayed to the point where he's like, I'll do this other one first. Like, need to clear my head a little bit. Not a good take sign. Take a sabbatical. So, I, I, I'm I still pushing for it, society. I hope it happens. I know I'm I'm very much alone in that, but... Do you guys think they eventually sort of backdoor pilot it where we do, we introduce him in a regular X-Men universe story? I mean, I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because if you're having trouble with this, like, get... Do a test screening, basically, it, with see how of people, people like him. <laughs> put him into the theaters, and if they like Channing Tatum as Gambit, give him a movie. If not, you still got him. You right, got right. The character. I, you know, I agree with that, and I think that you know we saw Ryan Reynolds push for Deadpool for eleven years. I, he's Channing Tatum's not nearly to that level yet, but he is very vocal. He seems very excited. I want it for him, so at least give him the the cameo moment. You're right. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Will it happen? We don't know, but I'd I hope like so. To see Quick time. Over. Only time. And while we're on X-Men, we have some amazing new suits that so many, so many amazing fans tweeted at me. I got this picture sent to me so many times that I I couldn't possibly respond to everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Three weeks ago, I basically said that I didn't like the suits because they weren't comic booky enough. And then this image happened in my life. And it is a great... 50-50 in my opinion. It is a wonderful version between Brian Singer's love of the black leather 90s flavor with yellow highlights, comic line work. It looks like an almost... Oh, it has yellow highlights in it? Okay, I see. Very subtly. Like, it's a very nice way to blend those worlds, and it looks like an image from a comic book from the 90s. And for me, X-Men, the 90s animated series, and the 90s run, Jim Lee's art is my X-Men. So this looks like a beautiful amalgamation of those worlds, and I really hope this is what they're in most of the time. Especially Nightcrawler. Look at Nightcrawler's red shoulder pads. That's like... Yeah, that's very thriller. Oh, it's so good. It also manages to look super 80s without being like, hey, look at these thigh warmers. Without dating itself, yeah. Yeah. It, It doesn't date date itself but it, it pays perfect homage to the because we talked about that last time you're like nah i don't like the they didn't like you were being so nitpicky i am with it's this. some sort of marvel movie news show where and, i can nitpick publicly oh, but i mean like 
you weren't even giving it a fair chance. I was This is a good example of that because we talked about it. And you're like, where are, their, where are their yellow spandex? And I was like, they're at war. They, yeah. they need, like, some armor. No, no, they need yellow spandex armor. <laughs> and, um, no, but this is beautiful. I think it's a great... I held out for this, and... I'm I'm super. Excited. A lot of people don't like it. Like even the live chat. This. Oh, this is your. I'm just seeing. Even this. the live chat, people don't like the suits necessarily. But like I personally, I think this is. I think these are great. A great yeah. blend. They're... Cyclops's visor looks great. Uh, Beast's costume looks wonderful. You can't really see Quicksilver's, but it's got the iconic X, which is enough for me. Mystique having the white, like full chest yeah. piece, is straight from the That's comics. That's super cool. So I personally very excited. I hope it's as '90s flavored as this image conveys it to be. Uh, Thank you, Brian Singer, for for getting ever more X Men as you go along. Thank you. I, I do Shout think it's funny that you can see that Storm is wearing heels. Yes, in this photo. <laughs> yes, and Bald McAvoy never ceases to make me happy. <laughs> like just that image makes me. He was originally cast in. Fun fact: uh, he was originally cast in Fifty Fifty, in which he shaved his head, and then once again shaved his head when he thought he was playing Xavier that way. And now he finally gets to be Bald Xavier after multiple shavings. I'm uh, very excited. Uh, now, finally, the last news-ish news of the day is a rumor has popped up again that has repeatedly popped up. Generally, I try to stay away from rumors rumors on the show because they're rumors, but this rumor is big and exciting enough that I really couldn't avoid it. Rumor has it that, once again, Marvel and Fox are talking about sharing the X-Men. This is the biggest of rumors. This has a 1% chance at this point of being reality, but enough news sources are reporting it and enough people tweeted at me that I wanted to mention it. I would, I mean, personally, I would love if they did it in the way that Sony and Spider-Man are doing it, where they have, it's still owned by Sony, or in this case, Fox, Mm -hmm. and they're rented out, so to speak. Yeah, loan them out for a little bit. So that way you have the brilliance of the Marvel empire to shape and and form your world, but you also don't lose the integrity and the money in this case, because they're studios, of the characters. Yeah, I feel like that's a win-win for both people in that case, because you can, you know, have someone mold this character into something good and do something with it that they want to do with it, and then you have this great character to sort of lean back on, or or you could just sort of deny that completely, you know right. what I mean? Like, you have that you out. Have, you have a little freedom. Yeah. Now, I, I once again don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I think this is exactly what you said it's it is. It's a excited. rumor. It's a rumor. Yeah. It's just like they, they're... There's someone more... was like, what if? And then someone and then heard someone it. Wrote it. Someone and wrote was like, wrote it. this is fact. Yeah, like... it's just enough people tweeted at me. I wanted to at least acknowledge it, that yeah. the rumor is going around. Uh, there, Yes, there are more X-Men comics than there were before, so Marvel's not seemingly as mad. But we still don't have the merchandise. We still don't, we're not seeing... I didn't have an X-Men shirt to wear today, so I wore my Marvel YOLO. Uh, there aren't quite enough factors that seem legit, but if it goes that way, we'll all be excited. We just don't think it's necessarily I'm, going I'm that I'm going to throw out a controversial opinion here. Yes. Um, I actually don't think that they should combine the universes. Why? I think it would hurt the X-Men storylines. Okay. Um, because it's one of those things that I've always struggled with when reading the comics uh, where the X-Men, the, their whole, what makes X-Men X-Men is the story of being oppressed, of the government telling the mutants that they're not good enough or they need to be sanctioned off or any of that. But in the MCU, in a world where you have heroes saving the day and the world is... And Civil War will redefine this a little bit, but you're already sort of deciding how the world's going to view people with powers. Now you introduce the X-Men to that. How are they going to differentiate themselves enough to feel like the X-Men that we... To give us the X-Men stories that we know and love. 
Now, what I would do, and what I would do, uh, what <laughs> I think would be amazing is if they let the characters interact with the occasional Marvel character, but keep the universe as separate as possible, but use the brain trust of Marvel. Like, use their expertise, use their world shaping, and don't make it as blended as, say, kind of like how the Netflix universe and the Marvel universe, like, you know, they they, they, they touch each other, they're friendly, they're homies, but they're not, like, together. Yeah. Like, ha- have a moment and have interaction, but don't have them blend, that way you have the best of both worlds, what you're just describing. And well, then... they did that in the Civil War comics, right, with the X-Men. Well, X-Men and they... Avengers fought, and, like, you know, there's stuff that happens all the time. Cause yeah, they, they're but I all... mean, just particularly where they, like, something like, they, we're not gonna have to worry about, like, Civil War, like, something like that, like, in the comics. Yeah, I'd just like a little bit of the help from the, I'd like the comics to be a little bit more interactive with the films and vice versa. That's mm-hmm. all I want. If that can happen with them staying at Fox entirely, I'll take it. I just, we haven't seen that quite yet. We could get a really cool, like, Secret Wars-esque story if we do Avengers versus X-Men where the worlds crash together. And yeah. that's, that's how we get, like, a crossover movie event. And then they go back to their own separate And everybody stories. wins. And it's very exciting. So uh, that concludes most of our news for today. And as the temporary host for the day, I wanted to make today fairly fan Marvel centric. And I discovered very recently that we have a phone number, you guys. Mm. We have a call in situation. We've never done this in the show before. It's just our cell phones. I'm there, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> give out my number. No, 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 no. Uh, I want you guys to call in from wherever you are. The number is four two four. Two five six sixteen thirty three, and we'll actually take some on air questions. I'm so excited. So whoever wants to call in, do it up. Or if no one wants to call, if in. no one wants to call, <laughs> in, you well, can just... while we're waiting for people to call in, what are you? What, like, is there anything else that you guys are just excited about that you've like seen? That's not like news. Uh, that Conor McGregor is fighting Diaz in UFC 200. I was thinking Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually, I'm rewatching Daredevil season two already like a crazy person because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything and I watched it all in three days and I'm sure that that was very not good on my brain's comprehension level. And I really think that it is the standard we're going to move forward, kind of like Guardian set the bar for the bizarre strange. I feel like Daredevil set the bar for the multi-villain, multi-superhero world. And if the movies can implement that and, and learn from that, I think we'll be in a much better place as a comic society. Because that show was hella comic-y. There's ninjas, guys, and it worked. Uh, so, yeah, they did a good job of introducing the Shadow Realm to, yeah. to like that because it starts out pretty like, oh, this is a world I'm familiar with. And, and like, I didn't realize how slow build like the whole was and stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, the things that are, we still don't have answers for most of the questions. And Doom it's season requests two. being careful of spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. I didn't give anything away there, do, but I got we close. We do, however, have a call on the line. Ooh, let's do it. Let's see. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Tell us uh, what your name is and where you're calling from. Hi, this is DC. I'm calling from Las Vegas. How you doing, man? Hi. How's it going? Good. Uh, I was just calling. I wanted to ask you. You think that the fact that uh, Bucky and Rhodey's names are both James, if that will affect the movie? Bucky and Rhodey are both what? They're both their first names is James. Oh, you mean like the the, the Martha, you're like making a Martha allegory. You know, I feel like maybe, and there'll be a moment where Tony Stark's like, I can't be mad at you, your name is James, and then the war ends. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I love this question so much. Uh, Why yes, I do think that will happen, because it seems like a logical thing that could happen in reality. I'm going to get so much hate for saying all that I just said. Thank you so much for pointing that out to me. I never noticed. You're the man, Vegas. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling. Thanks, man. All right, we got another caller. Hey, you're on the line with Marvel Movie News. Tell us your name and where you're from. Hey, Jim Patton from Houston, Texas. How you doing, Jim? Man, I'm blessed. I'm so privileged to get to talk to you guys. Thank you for your weekly show. You're oh, super dude, welcome. happy yeah. to do it. I love yeah. being here Thursdays. Hey, I had a couple of things I'd love to hear you uh, opine about. Um, they're not real current, but... Uh, and I know that we were, you're currently talking about the, the possibility of you know rumors of Fox and Marvel working together. How would you guys feel about Doctor Doom as a Netflix show? Mm-hmm. And, I'd uh, is what and I would if do. you had any fan casting for that, and then how would you um, how would you feel about Shang Chi or Shang Chai as a Netflix show? He was my those two guys. I guess Doctor Doom's always been my favorite villain. And Shang Chi or Shang Chi was my—he was my introduction in the comics. Oh no way! He's the son of Fu Manchu. Uh, I feel like he would be a great addition to Iron Fist. I feel like he'd be a great way to—I mean, a backdoor pilot by way of Iron Fist to be incredible. Uh, I think it'd be a great way for a lot of fans that really wanted an Asian or Asian American Iron Fist to have a character that they they have as a hero, someone that is everything that he should be, and 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 we we deserve an Asian American or an Asian actor as as the lead. That that'd be an amazing way to do it. I think introducing him in uh, Iron Fist would be a great way to have that show, and I think he's absolutely a character that could totally, totally have his own show. Uh, Doctor Doom, I think, would be a great way to... You know, Doctor Doom would be a really cool way to have a villain be the lead of a show and make Fantastic That's Four as a villain. That's what I was just villain. saying. Yeah, it was very interesting, like, how you would do with the lead. Like, Dexter. I'd, I'd have it a Dexter. <laughs> I'd have it a Dexter-based show where it would be, effectively, you feel bad for this man who's a brilliant scientist, who's been scarred, who no one understands, who feels like he's trapped in this place like Viria, who can't escape, and no one loves him anymore, and he is, he's just so brilliant. And then you cast uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, or, or someone, someone that is just, has that charisma and charm, but you, you can't tell how unhinged they are. And, uh, or Rufus Sewell would be awesome too. Rufus Sewell's got that nest. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would watch both those shows, man. I'd say it'd have to be like, like an origin story of him and like, like maybe how he became, like he'd be a good guy. Yeah. I think the, the great way to do it would be like doing Fantastic Four, the TV series, like we got Daredevil season one, where it was just as much D'Onofrio's show mm-hmm. as it was Daredevil. It was just as much Kingpin as it was Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He owned that. And if you really treat Doom like he is a hero of his own story instead of just a crazy, maniacal ruler of a foreign land, then you could get something really interesting out of it. Yeah, and that goes back to the well-rounded villain characters where we're really, now we're able to sort of take villains and really get a good feeling of their backstory and really care about it and make these these really intricate, like, well, who's really a good guy and who's really a bad guy? And it would be a, a great guy. way to yeah. separate Fantastic Four from the other interpretations. Other we yeah. just had a Fantastic Four, so go do it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think, thank you for that question. Yeah, I that's think, a, um, yeah. I, when I read his, his history on the, the, the in the, on the web, you know, Dr. Doom's history, it occurred to me that in, in all the movies, the, the ultimate failure with him is he is such a rich character. He has such a rich background and, and motivations and all the things that he's been through really prior, many of them prior to any of his involvement with Fantastic Four. And so it'd almost be interesting to see a Netflix season one with Dr. Doom and then a season two of Dr. Doom being where Fantastic Four come in. 
Yeah, yeah, like the like Daredevil. And Dude, Punisher. I am yeah. all about that idea, man. I think it's great, and I think there's a lot of good actors could kill it. Stop talking about it and then sell it. Pitch that. Yeah, man, write it and, and write a letter. Yeah, send a letter. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah, thank man. You're so welcome. My blessings to everybody. Thanks right, for bye-bye. calling in. Thank you. All right, we got another caller. This is fun. Oh, this is great. Hey, you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Jeremy, Chicago. Hi, Jeremy. How's it going, man? Uh, what, what's your question, Jeremy? Uh, I was going to ask about uh, some Spider-Man stuff. Oh, I got you. You got Koi. What do you think? What do you want to know? What do you let's hear? What do you want to know? Hear Koi's opinion because <laughs> he will shout it. Oh, um, sorry. I think I'm on a lag because I'm watching the show at the same time. Oh yeah, we're about five seconds behind for nip slips. Yeah, no. Um, Koi's what nips. I was asking was, uh, like, if um, you know, obviously with Spider-Man partially in Marvel's hands with Sony, like, if um, like uh, you know, whoever this first villain is, like, do you think like um, basically, eventually they would probably maybe do the Sinister Six because I think it's eventual that Dr. Octopus is probably going to show up again. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be like, you know, obviously there's a lot of great actors out there, so somebody else could do it. Apple Molina is great. But I think like, you know, that's something that they would have been considering like when they had all their talks. So do you think maybe eventually that could happen? Like, and we actually get the Sinister Six, like maybe they were going like, if this first Spider-Man is received well. Now, Drew Gadare, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but he is one of the creators of, uh, amazingly enough, Daredevil. He he helped the show get off the ground. He also wrote Cabin in the Woods and is a brilliant writer, and I love his work. He has a completed Sinister Six script, which is apparently still in the hands of Stony, Sony and still <laughs> optioned. It's still a thing that might happen. So it's a really cool thing where we might actually get something like an annual. We might get a, a story that's completely independent of the universe that would feature the Sinister Six that might or might not correlate with the new Spider-Man we have because they don't have that situation. Like, they, they, they don't have to have that exclusive. So I would love, personally, if they introduced a few smaller members, uh, smaller villains, and then built up to that, absolutely, I don't know if we'll get that sooner rather than later because it'd be interesting as Spider-Man grew up. Uh, but I think it's definitely an option, especially since they've been kind of public about keeping that script still in their hands. Right, yeah, I, I totally hear you. And then just one quick small thing, I'll let you go. Like, I know it's only been two weeks, but are you surprised like we haven't gotten a notice for like Daredevil Season 3 yet? Well, I think, uh, I think they were overwhelmed by the next wave of excitement because Daredevil yeah. Season 1 was the mystery. Jessica Jones was a bit of a mystery. They, I think, knew Daredevil Season 2 would be uh, you know, a, a huge thing, but I don't think they knew quite how big it would be or how fans would react and they still have to figure out luke cage uh iron fist jessica jones season two so i think it's not a matter of of them releasing that yes it's happening i think it's a matter of them going like well they're gonna want to know when and uh we've got 82 shows to sort so i think it's it's more of a a calendar movement than than a delay in you know yeah, I definitely think like we can't. We're still worried about spoilers and, and yeah, like, spoiling yeah. it for people. Like they're just trying to wrap their heads around like how quickly this is. It's become 
so it's be it better than season one. It's if, become if so it was popular. a normal show, it'd only be two episodes in. Like if it wasn't yeah, Netflix, yeah, exactly. we'd still be on like episode two. So releasing that kind of information could ruin a lot of people. So there's a bunch uh, of people running around in an office screaming like, "Hurry, we got to get ready for season three, Probably. I feel. I feel like that we're gonna hear something very soon, though. Yeah, we're I living think, in an age of now, now, now. So I yeah. think sooner than later. And I at I least said, rumors. Last yeah. week's show, I was saying I'd rather have Daredevil season three than anything else, and I stand by that. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. People in the chat room yeah, are asking for a Netflix Howard the Duck series. <laughs> uh, you know, man, I think Seth Green would be real excited to hear that. What was wrong with the movie? I thought the first one was <laughs> George great, George Lucas' magnum opus? Has that guy done anything since? I think George Lucas had some future going for him. There you go, that's it. <laughs> thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I watch you guys every week. It's not complete without you guys. I've been following for the whole last year. Oh, dude, I appreciate uh, it, man. Hopefully I can meet you guys in the future. Firstly, come to Chicago. Dude, the day I come to Chicago, I will look you up on the Twitter and the Cosmic Couch awaits here in LA. No problem, man. At J Ledger Oh, dude, I I know you on the Twitter. Uh good to meet you, man. Uh phone meet you. Yeah, Matt answered a couple of my questions a few times. I really appreciate it. You guys are cool down to earth and I know they say don't ever meet your heroes, but that's not you guys. You guys Oh, you can meet be... them. Dude, much love, man. Yeah. Keep up on the Twitter. I love your stuff. Later. Peace. All right, we got time for one more call. Final call. Hey, you're on the air with Marvel Movie News. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, hey, my name's Brian. I'm calling in from Portland, Oregon. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. Hey, good. Hey, guys, I just wanted to... uh, Have anybody talked about The Punisher yet, or...? We did a little bit. Okay, you know, because I think... You know, The Punisher... I think The Punisher TV show on Netflix would be really cool. But uh, what villains do you think you should fight? Jigsaw. In that show, uh, I've wanted Jigsaw? to see I've wanted to see Jigsaw done like fully and completely and messily and horrific. I want to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre caliber messed up Jigsaw in a show. <laughs> Thirteen hours of so you got season one with Kingpin and Daredevil that was very interesting because both sides were there. Imagine a combination right. of the Russian Jigsaw, a bunch of the villains that that are just like horrific to look at as this this mafia side of things and punishers systematically taking them out but you make them just likable enough that you're not sure if you want them to be brutally maimed like i would oh, love yeah. a show with a, with a likable jigsaw somehow i don't know if it's possible but jigsaw is such an interesting villain that they could make really special and and being a hard r-rated show we could have a jigsaw that could be really 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 exciting and awful to look at who was punishers like uh, counterpart like was it Jigsaw Jigsaw and the Russian are the two that I think of as the main would be like the counter and in the movie they kind of made the Russian and Jigsaw one they kind of they kind of form that I mean different runs of different like Ennis's Punisher is very different than like you know the, when, when Punisher started it was Spider-Man was the you know he was a Spider-Man villain uh, oh god like yeah Pun- I mean yeah it, I, for me personally though I think Barracuda would make a good villain Ooh, why I like is that, that I'd like to hear what why yeah Bar- Barracuda well you know that, that guy was very difficult I don't know if you met the Punisher Max series. I sure did. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he was just he was just a badass. He was just really, you know, um but yeah, I think Barracuda or maybe even the Nucci family, you know, the one that uh, he faced off earlier, oh, uh, what was that? With Garth Ennis or so in his books or so. Yeah, Garth yeah, Ennis' family. Great. Or the, you know, Barracuda or oh gosh, 
Oh, I just lost my other train of thought. I, just, I can't remember who the other guy was. But, but yeah, Jigsaw, I think Jigsaw is fair. Yeah, Jigsaw will be good. It's a great problem to have that there's so many cool villains, man. Like, Punisher could really be a special show, and I would love a, I would love an inverse Sopranos. I would love a show where the organized mob family are opposite Punisher, and you're following along their story. Everybody loves a crime right. show. It'd be cool if you had the criminals just as exciting as Punisher because John Bernthal is just killing it, and then you care about both sides, and then all of a sudden, like, you have to deal with that, a la Daredevil Season 1. Bring mm-hmm. that on, man. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And of course, if Spider-Man came out, dude, they got they got to have Spider-Man and Punisher. At least just one scene of them together, dude. I would totally. Or just like nice little that. Easter eggs, yeah, like they like they have been oh, doing. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, or they you... auditioned together. Did you hear about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish I could see the footage of that. That would be awesome. Oh, I just love the idea of Tom Holland holding a camera for John Bernthal and vice versa. Just that <laughs> that imagery to me, like instead of the gun with the sniper, like it being a camera and it being auditioned, is so the world's a great thing, man. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Well, I appreciate you calling in, dude. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for the awesome question. That's a great question. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. So, guys, that was our first call-in round. That was really that fun. That went so well. There were, there were no... See, we found an amazing corner of the internet where we have comic fans that aren't uh, hyper-negative or overzealous or... Everybody's... This is a really cool community, Marvel Movie News has found. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for any DC jabs. It was just a really funny question. It slipped out. I want the Batman vs. Superman universe to grow and build and have DC be just as big as Marvel I just, that was really funny with the names. Uh, so, guys, that was our show. I hope I filled in for Matt Key's very, very You did. I just, shoes. that's my shout out for today. I just want to shout out to Koi for being a wonderful host. And I'm I sure just, everyone on the chat can agree. I'm sorry but for I, the lack of spiel, but I tried. No, you did great. Your your volume was just right. Just always there. I was really excited. <laughs> guys, uh, thank I, you so I do want to give one shout out. Oh, please. Doom has a shout out that I have to give because I got sent a photo this week from uh let me let me make sure i get the name right because it's very difficult to pronounce tor bergen terrell sent me a cover of a tales to astonish ant-man title that i legitimately did not know existed (laughs) and i'm gonna put it up on the screen because tales to astonish number 42 has ant-man my favorite character fighting the man with the voice of doom dude that is amazing that's so good my mind and now i'm in desperate search of a (laughs) top quality version cover that's like like you got like a cameo man yeah that's amazing Uh, that's amazing, and I forgot, I have one very important shout-out. Thank you for reminding me. I wanted to give a shout-out to a Sir Todd Kaplan, who is often on our YouTube comments, and I don't always read all the YouTube comments, but he left a very sweet one, and and usually does leave very sweet ones. He's been out of the ICU, and he says Marvel Movie News helps him keep going, and it's a very long, very passionate, wonderful thing he said, and always does. So, Todd Kaplan, I hope you're doing better, and I hope that, once again, we can make your week better, because that's what we're here for, and that's amazing. So much love to Todd. Uh, I think that is our show. I love your Twitter stuffs, and I hope that I respond to enough of them. Please, just just send me stuff. I love you guys. Uh, Jaden, thank you so much for being on. Where people find thank you. you for having me. Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at Jaden LaBelle. Uh, check me out on Instagram, all that fun stuff. Snapchat's one of my favorite. If you want to follow me on that, it's all Jaden LaBelle. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. It was of a lot of course. fun. Everyone's really cool. We had a really good, I loved the live the talk. Call to, was really cool. So much fun. I hope we get to do that again. Yeah, I dug that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, if you didn't make in the call this time, we're going to try to do it again in the future. And uh, I was Koi Jandro at Koi Jandro. And this has been Marvel Moody's. Thanks a lot, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. 
For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>